As I mentioned earlier, Dr. Light gave me a call last night. He's having, he has an upper respiratory infection. And uh, you know he has one lung. He sounded rough, so please be in prayer for him as he tries to recuperate. He knew that he would not be able to be here this morning. So I want to share some truths with you from God's Word. So if you will, if you'll open your Bible back to Psalm chapter 33. Now he told me on the phone, he said, I know I'm, I'm getting to you late. It's after 7 this evening and uh, you may not be able to prepare much. He said, just do whatever you want to. So I've prepared about 16 pages of, of sermon. We should be through about 12.15-ish, maybe 12.30. I'm just kidding. I'll try to make it short and hopefully sweet. As I began to, sh- to consider what I would share with you this, this morning and as I took into consideration that tomorrow will be our nation's 246th birthday, July 4th, 1776 to July 4th, 2022. As I said earlier this, uh, in the service, in that time we can look back and see that God has blessed our nation in many, many ways. Uh, I was reading an article this week. I don't remember who wrote it. I just remember it struck me as uh, very fascinating. I believe the person said 12 times during the Revolutionary War, there were t- periods where they knew that God had interceded for them. We should not be a nation. We were fighting, I think Dr. Light mentioned that last week, we were fighting a much bigger, much mightier army than we could muster. But God has blessed us, not just during the Revolutionary War, but down through our 246 years. I know that there are those who may not feel quite as blessed. I know there are those in our country who uh, feel they've been mistreated, and that's probably on us. There are those who feel the word that was so popular a decade ago, disenfranchised. But I also know that there is no nation that is perfect. There is no other nation that I know of on this earth that is as great and gives as many freedoms and many, as many opportunities as our nation. And so we are blessed. And our nation will not be a perfect nation, and our world will not be a perfect world until, as Revelation 21.1 tells us, John said, I see a new heaven and a new earth, for the former things are passed away. As I was preparing, I don't know why, I, I've been told I have a little strange sense of humor. I think Miss Melba will attest to that. But I thought about this Geico commercial that I saw about 10 or 12 years ago. Anybody remember all those funny Geico commercials? They started off, I think, with the caveman, and then they started having some others. And this particular one that came to my mind had to do with a man in his garage. They show him he's cleaning out his garage and he finds a brass lamp, an oil lamp. And he starts rubbing it and sure as it sounds, poof, a genie comes out of the lamp. Well, he's, he's astounded and the genie says, you have one wish. And the man said, I want a million bucks. And then the next thing you know, you see this big puff of smoke and there are male deer everywhere. 
Sometimes our communication's not exactly like we want it to be. He got a million bucks, it just wasn't the bucks he was looking for. That took me to another thought. Kurt Cloninger was in drama, has been in drama for decades. I got to see him at Mobile College back in the early 80s. And he did a drama where he talked about who is God to various people? How do people see God? And one of the ways that he said people see God is a construction manager. Oh, you know, I'm, we're, move that star to the left, okay? And now, now line that planet up and, and excuse me, I, I don't have time for you. I'm, I'm busy building. So people think of God in that way. Some people think of God as a little, little, little God that stays in a little box. And when we need him, they pull him out. And he, oh, I, I can't really do a whole lot until you take me out of the box. And then Kurt said, he said, God for some people is like a genie or a butler. What can I do for you today? How can I help you? Well, unfortunately, none of those are who God really is. He's much greater than anything we can imagine. The choir sang just a moment ago, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he has chosen for his inheritance from Psalm 33. So, if you will, go back and look at Psalm chapter 33. As I mentioned earlier, I read verses 10 and 11, but we're going to go to... Uh, Verse 12, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people he chose for his inheritance. So who is blessed here? Who is God blessing? His people. Now, I can't tell you if you're his people or not. I think most of you are. But that's between you and him. Are you a follower of God? Do you read his word? Do you try to do... And I know you can't be perfect. Do you try to do everything that's within the Word of God? Do you try? Do you, do you speak to Him on a daily basis? You know, when my wife and I were dating, we talked with each other every day. We still talk to each other, but usually it's, do you want coffee? Yeah. But back then, and maybe you were the same way when you were dating, you'd call up on the phone or... Nowadays, text or email or video chat. And you'd just talk for hours about things, about the future. That's how God wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to be constantly talking with him, wanting to talk to him. In verse 12, uh, excuse me, 13, From the heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind, from his dwelling place, he watches all who live on earth. God is uniquely involved in our lives. He who forms the hearts, he knows your heart. He formed it. Those who know his heart, he formed your heart. And he considers everything you do. Then he goes on to say, no king is saved by the size of his army. doesn't matter how big your army is, God can defeat it. doesn't matter how big your problem is, God can take care of it. No warrior escapes by his great strength. And even a horse, as great a military device as it was back then, even a horse 
is a vain hope for deliverance. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him. On those whose hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and to keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. There's a great song that many of you may know from the beginning to the end, but more than likely most of you know the chorus, God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. And it goes on. But we want God's blessing. We want God to bless us. And it's almost like we have a, a brass lamp and we want to rub it when it's time for blessing. And we say, God, can you give us what we want? And as I said, Kirk Cloninger mentioned a butler or a genie and saying, what can I do for you now? And that's not necessarily how God works. There are conditions to God's blessings. And I think we find them here in these, in these verses. One, we must fear him. And I didn't write down the verse. This was last night, I apologize. But in here it says, those who fear him. Um, fear. What is fear? Does that mean that we're scared of God? I, I've been told that's not the case. The fear of the Lord is when you revere him. When you hold him in honor. When you hold him in reverence. So those who fear him. And those who hope in his mercy. We're told that in these verses. Those who hope. I heard a pastor years ago say, and it struck me pretty interestingly because I'd never thought about it. We talk about, I hope to be able to go to the beach next week, or I hope to be able to go to a concert tomorrow, or I hope to do this, or I hope to do that. And biblical hope is not that kind of hope. That's a, I know that I know that I know. That's the kind of hope we're talking about here. Biblical hope is, I know this is going to happen. My hope is in the Lord. I know that he's going to save me. So we have to fear him in order to receive God's blessing. We have to hold him in reverence. We have to have hope in his mercy. He's going to take care of us. We have to wait on the, on the Lord. I had a man in my church years ago that said he had heard that... Um, Waiting on the Lord meant like a servant who waits on you or a server at a restaurant who serves you. We, they wait on you. And I, I never thought about it that way. But I tend to think that more of it is that we rely upon him. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. He's going to take care of you. So we wait on the Lord. We rely on him. And in order for God's blessing to occur, the fourth condition is that we trust in his holy name, verse 21. In, a, in him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Today, I don't know where you stand. I don't know if you are a longtime follower of Christ, 
Some of you may have been saved when you were just a child, and it's been many, many years. But some of you may have never made that choice, that decision, that, that, that time where you realize that God is sovereign. He is the king. And so this morning, I want to share with you that there will be no blessed nation unless we all are willing to humble ourselves, to fear the Lord, to hope in his mercy, to wait on him and to trust in his holy name. Now, everyone may not do that, but our nation will be changed greatly if most of us do that. There's one more verse I want to share with you and then we'll be through. Many of you know it probably from memory, but if you don't mind, if you have your Bible, turn back a few pages. I've got page 373, by the way, if you need that. Second Chronicles 7.14. Some of you can, can quote this from memory, I know. Second Chronicles 7.14. And the reason I want you to look at it is because we remember a whole lot more when we see it and hear it. 2 Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Again, there are conditions. We saw it in Psalm 33. We see it here. Who is he talking to again? The people of God. If my people called by my name, we often call ourselves Christians, and you probably know this, but started off as kind of a slight toward Christians, little Christs. If my people who are, who, who are called by my name will, what, humble themselves. We have to have humble hearts. In fact, I think it's Philippians chapter 2 where Paul says, Have this same mind in you which was also in Christ Jesus, that he humbled himself and became obedient as a servant, even to death on the cross. So if my people, those called by my name, will humble themselves, and what else? Pray. We talked a few moments ago about getting together, connecting with others, with God. Pray continually, Paul said. So we need to pray. We need to go to God. He is our source. He says, seek my face. And again, seek my face. What, what, what significance does seek my face have? Could have said anything. You know, uh, when I was little and I wanted something, I'd, I'd hold my hand up like this. I, I, want, I want a Coke or I want this or a candy bar or I want this or whatever. I was seeking the hand of my mother or my grandmother, or my other family members, or friends. But when you seek the face, I know some of you have lost loved ones. I've heard friends of mine who've said, 
if I could just see my mother one more time, one more time to sit down and talk with her face to face, one more time to see my father. Well, folks, we have the opportunity to meet with God face to face, to seek his face. And then it says, turn from their wicked ways. You've watched the news, I'm sure, at least some of it. You know where we are these days. I'm not saying it's getting worse, but it sure seems that way. We're a part of it as well. We forget. We forget. We may follow Christ and we may be very close to Him, but we still sin daily. Paul even called himself the chief of sinners. And we think of Paul, the apostle, as one of the greatest Christians that has been. So if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, the condition is then and only then will I hear from heaven. The next thing he says, not only will I hear from heaven, but I'll forgive you. I'll forgive your sin. So many times in the Old Testament, the people of God would they'd live any way they wanted to. There was a circle of, of living like they wanted to, and then God would send punishment. That's why we had all the judges. That's why there were the, the uh, banishment to Babylon. And then they'd say, oh God, save us. And he would. So he will hear from heaven, he will forgive their sin, and then he will heal their land. Those are the steps for a nation. They're also steps for individuals. For you and me this morning, if you've never come to Christ, I urge you, I beg you this morning to make that right. What causes a nation to lose God's favor? One by one, they do their own thing. What came to my mind was Isaiah 53, 6, where Isaiah says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us all. Today, we need to turn to Christ. Today, we need to turn back to him if we are followers of his. That's what repentance is. It's a turning away from the direction we're going and going toward God. So this morning, I'm going to ask you, if you will, to consider decision. We all need to make this decision. But I'm asking if you will this morning. I remember the spiritual that said, It's me, it's me, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. We need to repent. We need to turn to God. So this morning, we're going to do things just a little bit different. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to ask Murray to, to play. We're going to stand in just a moment. And I'm going to ask you if you need to make a decision for Christ, if you need to make a decision for rededicating your life, come forward. But I'm also going to ask you if you have a concern, a burden, a desire to see our nation
turn back to God. If you have a desire for those things, I want you to come down front and together in just a few moments, we'll have prayer together and then we'll be dismissed. But I'm asking you, if you will, to decide to follow Jesus, to trust and obey. Let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Father, this morning we have come for the purpose of hearing from you. And I pray, Father, that folks did not hear me. They heard from your Holy Spirit moving in their hearts. And I pray that this morning we will spark another national revival. That through you we will seek. Through you, we will turn from our wicked ways. We will repent. We'll seek you and you alone. Because we know that without you, this world will continue in its sin and darkness. May we be stars that shine, as it says in your word. We ask that you would do these things this morning. Move among us that you would use us for your purposes and for your glory. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Will you stand with me?